Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here. Hey, everybody. It's Jessica. I almost called myself Jessica. I almost said no, Jessica here. <laughs> oh, my God. That would have been I don't really know funny. where my mind is at. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, we're excited about this episode because as dry as grammar might seem for some people, I actually love teaching grammar, and we're going to be talking about three reasons to prioritize grammar instruction now. And so we say now for what reason? Right. Well, it's October when you're listening to this, right? So at this point, your students have probably turned in some kind of writing assignment to you, whether you're in the classroom or they're turning it in remotely, however they're doing it. And you've read through these essays or paragraphs, whatever they are, and you've probably noticed some grammar errors. And you're like, okay, I, I just have too much to get through, right? It's a challenging year to teach, but it's really, really important that we prioritize grammar now so that for the rest of the year, we're reading quality writing. We want to set them up for success. We want to start them off with good habits. Yeah. And it's so funny we're talking about this, Kaylin, because I may have mentioned this on here before, but I'm homeschooling my second grader right now. So I know he's younger than, you know, the level of students you're all teaching, but I'm making him do direct grammar instruction. Like I have my exercises out and he's like, why do we need to do this? It's just one more thing. But I'm like, buddy, it pays off in our writing. And it's so cool because I'm honestly seeing him apply the strategies in the few sentences he's writing each day. But he'll say, oh, I need a comma here. And it's so cool to see. Oh my gosh, I love that. I need a right? comma here. That is yes! fantastic. <laughs> Seven. But I'm like, you're going to be grateful for this when you're in fifth or sixth grade. You're going to know yeah. the rules. Yeah. And we know that this is such a common frustration, right? For so many of our teachers, we'll get feedback. Oh, their grammar is so bad. Oh, they don't know how to write. They can't write a complete sentence. They can't do any of this, right? So we know it's a lot of us who are struggling with this specific aspect of being an ELA teacher. But we want to ask you, and again, kind of that tough love, I feel like Mm, that's just kind of our, our, our MO sometimes, you know, how much time are you truly dedicating to teaching grammar during class? You know, we'll say, well, they can't write a complete sentence. Well, you know, that's our job to help them. Mm-hmm. write a complete sentence. You know, it's our job to bring them up to the level of writing that, you know, maybe they didn't get grammar in years past, but that's okay. That doesn't mean that they're a, it's a lost cause and there's nothing that we can do about it. And I think we often fall into the trap of being frustrated that our students don't do something well, but then we don't acknowledge that maybe it's our instruction or maybe it's our responsibility, or maybe it's our lack of instruction on certain things that could be a part of that problem. And I'll actually admit to this myself. So, and this I think comes with just experience, right? Of knowing if if your students aren't grasping something, it's probably something I'm doing as a teacher. If my whole class missed the mark, I clearly did something wrong. And that was not something I could have admitted in my first year's teaching. But now as a teacher who's been in the classroom for a long time, it's a different ballgame. But when I was teaching, um, the four different types of sentences, simple, compound, complex, and compound complex. I gave my students a test on it or a quest, quiz slash test, and they all epically failed. And it was, I was frustrated. I was like, I taught them everything. And then I took a step back. I'm like, clearly I didn't, or clearly I didn't do a good job. And so I told the kids, Hey, this is on me. We're going to start over. We're going to do this differently. We're going to try a different approach. And sure enough, after we just changed up the way that we, I taught it, the way they practiced it, they did very well on, on the next quest. So, you know, if you're falling into that trap of being frustrated and you're not acknowledging that 
maybe it's something that you did as a teacher, we're going to have to think outside the box and look at things differently and really challenge our own beliefs and perceptions of what's happening in our classroom. Love it. Very inspiring as always. (laughs) Thanks Jess. So why grammar though? Like why now? Okay. That's what we're going to get into with our, our first little tip here. And I think we need to think about how grammar instruction is often content that resonates the most with our less creative students. Think about this, right? If we're having our kids write a really creative poem or come up with, you know, um, a narrative essay, whatever it is that's kind of a little bit more creative, that's a daunting task. That's hard. But grammar, it's almost like math, right? It's It's very cut and dry. There's a logical answer. So our less creative students might really connect with grammar and appreciate that you're including it in your lessons. Mm -hmm. And of course it benefits everybody, right? Because it's all going to affect their writing and they're going to be stronger. But it's a nice way to break up your instruction. You have your reading lessons. You have your writing lessons. How can you tie in grammar? And there's lots of different ways you can do that, right? We're not going to really get into that here. Some teachers use IXL. Some use direct instruction. Some use sorts. Whatever it is, as long as you're doing something, that's what's important. Mm -hmm. And I think the key, though, is you're doing the grammar instruction, but then there's application. Mm -hmm. How are you assessing your students? It's very different to teach grammar and then give them you know, one basic little quiz. I was very good at that. I could identify whatever the part of speech was, do the assignment. But if then the teacher made me apply it into the essay, that was a lot more challenging. And I think it's really, really important. We tie in the grammar to whatever we're working on in writing at that given time. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And so, you know, what that looks like is if you're working on prepositional phrases and your students are writing a a body paragraph for you in response to night or something like that, you're going to have them include three prepositional phrases and highlight them before they turn them into you so that they can see what it actually looks like in their writing. And so if you do, if you're doing grammar the right way, right, your kids are going to actually enjoy grammar. You're actually going to love it. Grammar is one of my favorite parts of ELA to teach. I freaking love grammar. Um, and that goes into the next point. Number two is that grammar can be incredibly engaging. This is a great opportunity. This part of ELA to bring games into your classroom with your students. It's that perfect topic to do that with. You can do grammar sorts. We have like a grammar bingo game for, for, for grammar, for sentences, Mm -hmm. for types of sentences. You know, there are all different kinds of ways and possibilities to make grammar practice engaging. And Jessica, I know you, why don't you talk about what we did in August with our EB teachers club to show this kind of more in action? Absolutely. So first I think it's really important to note that Caitlin and I strive with everything we do at EB academics to tie in engagement and rigor, because we believe that when those are combined, that's when you're really going to start seeing students master the standards, right? You can't just play a fun game just for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. And you can't just always have rigorous content or kids are going to be bored and tune out and then no learning takes place. You need that perfect blend of engagement and rigor. So when we create our lessons for our EB Teachers Club, we really try to blend those two concepts together. And in our August bundle for teachers, it's centered around grammar. They all were telling us we need like a grammar boot camp at the beginning of the year to really set the tone for our students to review different skills that they can apply in our writing. And so we said, okay, we've got the rigor. We know the concepts. We've got our standards that we need to focus on for each grade. But how can we make this fun for kids? We don't want to just have worksheet after worksheet. So what we did is we created this like state fair experience. 
So students show up in class and they could do this, you know, virtually or in the classroom for our teachers that are back in the classroom. And they participated in all these games. It was picture like state fair games, like whack-a-mole, but instead it was whack-a-verb, <laughs> right? How fun is that? I know. I love it. <laughs> it's <not> really though. <laughs> bumper cars at a state fair. Well, instead we used bumper cars with interjections. So we had like a list of interjections and then different topics and students had to combine the two, bump their cars together. We had like a really fun handout for them and come up with sentences. So we gave them tickets to go to the state fair and they participated in all these grammar games. And some of our teachers like took this to another level. They had little prizes for them, like popcorn, popcorn, all these cool things. And then this is really cool. At the end, we always say, you know, you need to have some kind of assessment, some kind of beyond part of your lesson where you're applying the skills. Well, students had to write a postcard to a family member all about their time at the grammar state fair, and they had to apply all the grammar skills they'd been taught. So it was different depending on, you know, if you're a seventh or eighth grader versus a fifth or sixth grader, the skills were different. And it was so cool. One of the teachers in our Facebook group actually shared the postcard that her student write And she was so excited because the kid was saying how much fun he had at the fair, but he was using like all the grammar correctly. Like what an awesome win for the teacher. She was so excited. And I just love that. So again, tying in that engagement and that rigor. And now the students have this backbone of grammar concepts that they can start applying into their lessons later this year. Mm -hmm. So I just love that. So try to think of a way you can tie engaging activities into your grammar instruction. Yeah. And if you, if you are an EB teachers club member and you haven't done the August bundle yet with your students, we highly encourage you to go do that with them, right? Like we said, now is the time to set them up for success for the rest of the school year. So moving into number three, what's great about grammar is that it's really simple to practice and spiral in when you use bell ringers. And so we use a very specific type of bell ringer that, that we created, right, with intention. And I don't know, you know, what bell ringer you might currently be using with your students, but one of the areas that we ran into with the bell ringers that we were using before we created our own was that there wasn't really any focus on grammar being spiraled throughout the weeks, throughout the school year, because we want to have them continuously practicing with each of these different types of grammar skills. And so the way that we constructed our bell ringers, and you want to find something that that has this for you in your classroom so that your students are continuously practicing the grammar standards is let's say, you know, in, in August or September, they're practicing with, with verbs or nouns or whatever, but then later in the school year in January, February, we still want them to be working on those specific grammar skills. And so bell ringers are a great great way to reinforce concepts in grammar that students have already learned, but in a very quick little five-minute review in your bell ringer before class even starts, and you can just quickly see, okay, my students still got that concept. I don't have to worry about reteaching it or coming back to it. But if they are struggling with that bell ringer, that's telling you something, okay, I got to revisit this specific grammar standard before we can move on. And so you'll start to really see fewer and fewer grammatical errors in your students' writing because it's just something that's a part of everything that you do in your ELA classroom. Right. So we really challenge you to, if you're not teaching grammar right now, put it in your calendar, put it in your lesson plan book for sometime in this month of October. When can you teach grammar? What topic are you going to teach? Look at the data from your students from that first essay they've turned in. Where should you start? What do they need help with? 
And if you are already teaching grammar, awesome. We love that. But challenge yourself. Is it engaging and is it rigorous? And if it's not, what could you do to really make the balance between those two concepts really clear so that students are having fun as they practice these activities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a great way to kind of gauge that. So I kind of talked about this with Laura Lee on one of our interviews with, uh, with her, Laura Lee Moss, um, on episode 56, we talked about like kind of how to structure how you teach grammar. You know, we really believe in direct instruction first, then some sort of hands-on engaging activity for your students to, to practice those lessons. And then some sort of, you know, putting it into their writing or something in that capacity. So if you want to hear more about grammar and kind of our stance on it and our interview with Laura Lee, go back to episode 56 to learn more about how you can make grammar just really fun, engaging, rigorous in your classroom. So let us know. Leave us, you know, a comment on iTunes, feedback on iTunes. Let us know how you're teaching grammar in your classroom, what you thought of this episode. Send us a DM on Instagram, or if you're in our private Facebook group, if you're a part of our EB Teachers Club or EB Writing Program, we'd love to hear your thoughts on today's episode as well. So with that being said, we will see everybody next week on the podcast. Have a great week, you guys. Bye, everybody.